Thank you for tuning into the Hope When There Was None podcast. And here we share stories to educate you, to empower you and inspire. So thank you for listening and tuning in. Please do me a favor and share if you have a favorite episode, or maybe you think somebody else that needs a dose of positivity and to maybe break open some of the darkness, let there be light. So thank you again for all of your support and encouragement. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, it's Melinda from Hoping There Was None. I'm coming on today to talk about mental abuse. Thank you for joining me in this series, all about abuse. And I'm coming on to discuss uh, this because it's near and dear to my heart. We have an October domestic violence, domestic abuse awareness month, but I want to kind of get a jump start on it. So let's check, dive into this right now. So it's very similar. Mental abuse is very similar to those that are suffering from emotional abuse where we have these these person messing with you giving you these thoughts and so on in your head now with your mental abuse it's actually referring to more about how you're feeling and affecting those feelings for you and uh, your emotional development too and, and no matter what abuse is abuse no matter where it is i know sometimes people feel that it's worse if you are experiencing this form of abuse and physical abuse, but I don't know. I always thought it was the other way around because you can't see the scars, but yet they are so embedded deeply into yourself that it can be hard to heal. So let's talk about this a little bit more. Now some red flags of psychological abuse, mental abuse are maybe neglecting your needs. You don't put your needs forward. Uh, you, might like emotional abuse you might receive the mental excuse me the silent treatment from that person there are threats for harming you or themselves there can be this angry outburst as well and they are meant to scare you all of this again is all about control but they might punch walls throw things etc etc now i mentioned the gaslighting gaslighting yesterday and this is something again that can still happen to you and this is making you question your sanity question your feelings um, and you just think you're going crazy there can be destruction of things that you love clothes uh, possessions and so on and so on and um, this is something I know I experience for sure there could you could be I don't want to say put into a box but you could be made to to do things that you wouldn't normally do. This person can say you need to act a certain way, kind of dictating how you act, how you look, that you have to fit into this role. And, and especially in the church, I'm not trying to nag on the church there, but there are instances where men or the head of the household, air quotes, will use the Bible as a way to um, conform, make a woman conform almost to do his bidding to do be submissive because there is submission that's talked about in the Bible, but these guys take it way over the top and that's not what it wasn't. It wasn't meant for that. And I do have a video my pastor did about abuse too. If anybody would like to see that, I'll go ahead and I'll link it down to the bottom, but that's not what it was meant for, but that's what I'm kind of talking about things of that nature as well. And you are just made to feel like you are not good enough. No matter what you do, you are not good enough. Again, we have that uh, making you feel just unworthy, not 
that and never good enough. Never good enough. I'm sorry. I'm without coffee again. Mr. Awesome drink all the dang coffee <laughs> to make another pot. So I'm a little fuzzy in my thinking. Um, and you also have, with the psychological abuse, you also have where you are um, being, you could be accused of being unfaithful, being dishonest, and that's just really troubling. And again, where you have to make yourself accountable for where are you, where, where are you going, who are you with, that sort of thing too. Now, let me go ahead and find, you know, I'm all about my little things that I find. So let me see if I can find, what is my infograph? Thank you for my infograph. Now, what will somebody that's being mentally abused look like? They're, they could be constantly apologizing. They could hide their feelings, maybe fear. Um, they could hide those emotional feelings too. They don't want to upset that person. They could break down during little disagreements, small disagreements, and maybe explode a little bit later. This person also needs a lot of validation, a lot of assurance, reassurance, excuse me, that they're doing right, that everything's going to be okay, um, maybe that they're doing a job well done. And I know for myself, I know this is something that I, sometimes I'm my own worst enemy. I feel that I need to, um, I need to constantly, not so much apologize, I used to, but now I recognize that. Um, but I feel that I always need to have reassurance. But I always strive to be the best at whatever I do. So if it's a job, I had my my best manager ever. Well, she's not the best. Or I've had others. <laughs> but one of my best managers at uh, when I was at the trash company, her name is Julie. Just amazing woman. And I remember doing a review with her. And she's like, you know, she told me about one situation. She's like, Melinda, don't take it to heart but I know you're going to, you are your own worst enemy. And yeah, I am. I kind of beat myself up afterwards about that. It just, I know I had those mental games going on. The, my worth was, was really small. I didn't have a lot of worth, especially back then, because I was at the point, I think I was maybe three to four years out of my relationship with my ex. So I was still on that healing journey. I was still, having those moments where I would need to go to the bathroom because I was having a panic attack. And especially if you're doing customer service, if you have PTSD, it's probably not the best position for you to be in, depending on the customer service. But being upfront, uh, being on the phone with somebody that's arguing with me about their bill, or I wouldn't argue, but they would yell at me about their bill and, you know, tell you you're stupid or call you bad names and so on. That was very very hard. And it wasn't just for me because my teammates all throughout this building were experiencing the same thing. So, I mean, it wasn't all about me, but you could see that there was a lot of hurt and of course hurt people, hurt people. But if you're in that position, a customer service position, it can be hard to hold it together. And I had that hard time balancing work and trying to heal my PTSD. That was, that was very challenging because there were moments where you know, um, one particular place, they would play music in into the lobby. And I was a receptionist, not the best attorney's office. It was in Highlands. It was not the best office. Um, but they would play music and the sun, a song came on that reminded me of my son. 
and I've sang, sang it before, the Green Day song, and that came out, and I just broke up. That was it. I lost it. I just started crying. I was hyperventilating. I was in full-blown full panic attack mode. These things happen, triggers and so on. And another question I get, now it's going to make this a short video because it's, again, mental abuse is so dang similar to the other. Um, but I, I get a question a lot. Does a person change? Can a person change? And, you know, if you ask this in an abuse survivor group, you're going to get a lot of no's. But I know I've seen it happen. Now, there's a big difference, though, between a person that wants to change. They feel remorseful. They're not doing, doing it for lip service. They're actually going through the motions of changing. They are just taking it upon themselves that, yeah, I'm wrong. I was a douchebag. It could be that they had a parent or they were raised by somebody that was very strict, very firm, and uh, they picked up those traits. It's not that they're a narcissist, but they picked up those behaviors. They learned them from somebody else. I know there's, this is a slippery slope, but somebody that is definitely remorseful, somebody that is definitely going through the changes, they're saying, yes, I apologize. I'm owning this. And they start making those changes, those baby steps. If you want to leave, they're not going to harass you. They're not going to text you. They're not going to be that creepy stalker. They're not going to do that. They're just going to let you have your, their space, your space, so you, they can have theirs, so they can grow. And this isn't just a promise, oh, I'm going to change, or I'm going to go to counseling. They're actually making the appointments, and they're sticking to it one month, two months, three months, six months, a year, and even continuing if you get back together. This is something that they work on and they grow from. They apologize not only to you, but they apologize to everybody else that they've wronged. Can it happen? Yes, it can happen. So I kind of changed my tune in the very beginning. I said, no, you can't. They won't. They can never change. But I've seen that happen. And I've seen the beauty and relationships actually flourish after that. So it's hard to define who is going to change and who's not. You know, again, that's proofs in the pudding. If you see that person actually making those positive changes, then yes, there can be hope. Okay. So if you're, does someone constantly criticize you? Are you having a partner that seems like they're constantly need to have that control? If you are a person that's isolating, and if you're watching this and you're wondering, hey, am I somebody that's mentally abusing my partner? Listen in. Are you isolating your partner? Do you not allow her to have friends or spend time with family? Are you jealous? Is this person always jealous of you? Maybe your partner has some wonderful accomplishments. Are you are you downplaying them? Are you criticizing them? Are you, instead of being congratulatory, are you blaming? Are you ignoring? What are you doing to that person? So that is kind of, and, and again, this can fall into the category with emotional abuse. And it's, it's really hard, hard to differentiate, but except again, the emotions Emotional is definitely affecting your emotional state there. And there can be that dominance that this person with any of these that control that dominance, gaslighting, um, again, saying that their memory is poor, they don't remember it this way. Um, maybe if you, if they put their trust in you to tell you different things, you go ahead and tell people or you say, hey, I'm going to tell this because 
XYZ if you don't do this. There's guilt tripping too. If they maybe because the argument's not going your way, you make your partner feel really guilty about it. You feed them messages, maybe as a liar, or you're saying that they're a liar, you you keep these lies going to your partner in order just to put some fear in them or so on. Like um if my partner, this is what my partner did, my ex, I should say, when before I left, he knew because we went through this song and dance all the time that I wanted to leave. You know, I just say, please just let me go. And um, he said, well, if you leave, you're not going to get anything or I'm going to tell the police. Oh, when I left, I took the kids with me, of course. Well, I'm going to call the police and say you're kidnapping them. And that was like bologna sandwiches. So eventually I just said, fine, call them. Go ahead and call the police. Bring it on. You know, I got to a point where I was getting angry with him and I was getting mad and he would use these threats and that's all they are. They're just threats, you know, that or he would say somebody is um, this can't be you sending me these messages. You must be someone must have kidnapped you or they're making you say these things to me, <laughs> write these things to me. Oh, Lord. And I can laugh about it now, but I didn't feel like laughing about it back then because it was scary. And of course, like I said, after a little bit of time, I got really ticked off. So don't rationalize the behavior for this person. Have a little more compassion and love for yourself. Recognize that this abuse also can go to a next level. Okay. And this abuse is still abuse. You might just say, well, it's just mental games. It's just maybe name calling. It's still abuse. Rude comments, the jealousy, it's still abuse. Uh, I know you, just letting your partner know that this behavior isn't okay. And sometimes it might be scary to do that. So if you feel safe enough to do so, please do so. But seek help, get a counselor, get a therapist. Uh, you have a lot of work to do in order to start healing, journaling. Okay, and I'm going to be the one that says, therapy didn't work for me. Um, and I think that was just because I didn't find the right person. So I've had to do a lot of the work myself. So I'm not saying don't go to a counselor or therapist, do what feels right for you. I got off the medication. I was on Zoloft. It made me suicidal. So I didn't, I did a lot more. I started to turn to a lot more holistic things. I did the journal writing, all the things I'd come on self-care, soulful Sunday. That's what I do. I do the journaling. I do the grounding. I do the gardening. I go out and I get out in the sun. I try and keep myself busy rather than to kept. I kept looking like at his messages. I kept listening to his voicemails. I had to do something. I had to get out of that. Read a book. You know, I know it's hard to concentrate, especially when you just leave. Um, but I had to do something in order to keep my mind busy, to keep my thoughts from wandering to, oh, I'm not going to make it. I need to go back. Or how am I going to live without him? And wanting to be back in that chaos and that drama because it was such a draw and it was hard to break myself of that it really was i had to every day it was baby steps and that's what soulful sunday is about it's making those baby steps you don't think you're that you need it it's one of the last things that people survivors look at is doing that inner work in order to heal in order to get back to living life to know what you want it's to do the self-care. And I, I'm i going to nag on that because it is so very important. I'm going to encourage you. Maybe you don't want to journal every day. Maybe you don't want to do gratitude. Uh, I can't think of three or five things I'm grateful for. This life sucks. Yeah, you're going to put that into the universe, whatever you want to call it. And you're going to get that back tenfold. 
you have to start changing your mind. You have to start. The world isn't against you. You're like, oh, nothing ever changes. It's all the same. Everyone's against me. And it's almost like, and I'm sorry, I'm going to say it's almost like poor you. You have that victim mentality. You have to start getting your head out of your butt. You have to dust yourself off and pick yourself up. And I know that's hard. I know I was there. Okay. I'm not trying to be mean, but I was there. I know I had to get myself out of that being that drama mama, always looking for something wrong. And I wasn't seeing the joy and the blessings around me, you know, besides the food in the fridge and so on. It was those little moments that I had with the kids, or maybe I spotted, I stopped off and road and I saw the sunrise. I caught up with a friend over the phone. Those are the little joyful moments that are blessings, unexpected guests that would pop by that I needed to start seeing, that I needed to start believing that there was something within me that wasn't a victim. Oh, heck no, I wasn't a victim and I wasn't going to allow myself to be a victim anymore. And also I was not going to allow myself to play the victim anymore. Mm -mm, no, I was done with that. I know I needed to get over myself. I know I needed to start doing something for once for me to find out what Melinda wanted. What did Melinda want to do? What's Melinda wanting to have for breakfast today? You know, that sort of things. I know it sounds hokey. No, I don't talk to myself about myself that way. But honestly, I needed to ask myself those deep probing questions. What do I want? And this is also a time and don't be surprised when other things come up after you leave an abuser. Things from your past might come up. Instances, maybe you were in the third grade and kids made fun of your shoes or you had childhood trauma. Maybe you were molested as a child. These things might bubble up on your healing journey. Don't be surprised because as you start digging in, you will start chipping off these layers from your past and that might bubble up other things. It might sprout up um, things you haven't even thought of before. I mean, it, it's really remarkable how these things happen. And those are things that you need in order to start healing, to keep healing, to keep on the healing process. So am I shaming you if you go to a counselor? No. Am I shaming you if you are on medication? No. You have to find what's right for you and do what's right and what feels good for you. Okay. And um, maybe you're not ready to start journaling. Okay. We'll talk to a friend. Do something different. Maybe you're not as woo as me. You're not going to take out a crystal. That's okay. Yeah, I carry them. I still carry them. Carry them in my pockets or in my bra. If I don't have a bra, I'm starting to get back into energy work. So I'm carrying. I got to find. I have pendulums too, and I got to find my pendulum, uh, my wood one, because the crystal does it does grab energy from other things. It holds on to that vibration and so on. So I need to find wood. Wood and metal are really good for pendulums. And no, I'm not doing anything that is. Um, not divining my future or anything like that, but there's some great things that can be done with energy work and I'm going off on a tangent. Ooh. So I'm going to go make a pot of coffee. I hope some of this was helpful, helped you. And um, to, just to recognize that now, I don't know if I want to keep going with every day, like do sexual abuse or financial abuse. I haven't decided yet because I think I just did something on financials not too long ago. I don't know. Tell me, what would you like to see? Is there something else you'd like to learn about? And I do want to get into the love bombing and the flying monkeys and those sort of things too, to kind of break those down. Because when you just hop out of an emotional, abusive, any kind of abusive relationship, you start hearing these terms, especially when you start getting into different groups. Um, you'll start hearing, oh, my narcissist, my STBX is soon to be X. Um, you'll start hearing what's covert abuse. And it's, it's my, it can be too much. 
honestly, it can be too much, especially when you just jump out. But if you're looking for a really cool group, the Survivor's Cafe, just saying. So this is Melinda. I'm going to sign off. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And if you had experience in, hi, Miss Leela. Thank you, darling. I appreciate it. If you have had experience any of these things, and thank you for joining me, lady. By all means, let me know what was your experience in all of this. Yes, reading books definitely helps. Thank you, ma'am. They do. And she does say, yes, we need to do that inner work. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We do. We need to get all that done. And we need to do what's good for us. We do. And sometimes we don't know all the time. So that's what helps with you journal. What do I need? Ask. Hey, ask God. God, what do I need? Uh, I'm, I don't know what I need. It's very chaotic when you just leave. And even years later. So don't hesitate to ask yourself, what do I need? Watching movies, yes, I loved watching movies. Cooking, that all helps. It's all nice things to distract yourself. Yes, girl, thank you. <laughs> so I'm going to sign off. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And thank you for tuning in. And um, stay safe. I'll see you back tomorrow. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. If anybody wants to throw out a topic, by all means, let me know. I'll be checking the comments later. Yes. Yeah, there's also a frequency in wearing clothes, by the way, in clothes. Um, you want to stay away from synthetics. I went through a period of time where I got rid of anything that didn't have, uh, that wasn't linen or cotton. And it's very hard to find. I went to thrift stores just to find linen and cotton. And because our clothing holds a frequency, it's, it's really awesome to learn about. But that's another video. <laughs> Bye, and thank you, Leela, for watching and, and uh, contributing. I appreciate it. Bye-bye.